Being a new parent comes with lots of questions, expectations, and adjustments. So today we'll focus on five things every new mother should know. This is Your Best Life podcast, Women's Health from Holy Cross Health. I'm Amanda Wild. My guest is Dr. Treshawn Thornton-Davis, a Kaiser Permanente physician specializing in obstetrics and gynecology who sees patients and delivers babies at Holy Cross Health. Dr. Thornton-Davis, thank you so much for being here and sharing your insights. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to do so. Let's start with bonding. As a new mother, can you suggest ways to bond with your baby? Sure. Yes. Bonding is so very important. And when we think of bonding, bonding often begins with skin to skin contact. So you want to make sure that you talk to your baby and you want to talk to your baby as often as you can using a soothing, reassuring tone. You want to touch your baby's skin, look into your baby's eyes and definitely respond and soothe them when they cry. So these types of physical contact can help your bond grow with your baby. We also know that breastfeeding can help to increase the bond that you have with your baby. But of course, if you're unable to breastfeed or can't breastfeed, you can definitely allow baby to sit at the breast as another form of bonding. Swaddling your baby or carrying your baby, keeping your baby close can also encourage bonding. And in all, if you're having trouble bonding with your baby, you know, you might want to talk to your OBGYN. That's why we're here. First few weeks after a delivery, a lot of women can feel down or we call that baby blues, a little depression can creep in. So if you have problems or you feel like bonding is not really happening in the way that you want it to, don't hesitate to reach out to your OBGYN or even your pediatrician. So baby is adjusting from transitioning from womb to physical world, but you're talking about voice and interactions. Does your baby sort of know you because your baby has heard your voice while in the womb? Absolutely. Your baby communicates. Well, we all know the best way that babies communicate is through crying, right? So crying is sort of the baby's language and crying serves many useful purposes. They let the baby tell us when they need help, when they're hungry or when they might be uncomfortable. Crying also can help babies to release tension and extra energy. Most newborns will cry for food when they wake up. And as they grow, the cries become more varied and you'll be able to learn your baby as the baby grows and you'll know what this cry means or what that cry means. So crying is one way that babies communicate until they develop language. Well, speaking of crying, sometimes crying can really be unnerving for a new parent. What are some newborn conditions that really shouldn't cause alarm? So there are several newborn conditions that really shouldn't cause alarm for new moms and new parents in general. And excessive crying is one of those. So some babies cry and that's the way that they communicate. So if you've made sure that your baby is fed and you've made sure that you've burped your baby, you've made sure your baby is warm and has a clean diaper, you just want to hold your baby rock them until they calm down, try wrapping them, swaddling them and singing to them or just soothing them. So excessive crying shouldn't really be of an alarming thing unless the cry is a piercing shrieking cry, like there's something happening. Then in that instance, you might want to check out and see if there's something else going on. Other things that new parents may experience is cradle cap. So cradle cap is just crusting white, yellow scales that can form in your baby's head. It almost looks like baby dandruff. And this is a result of 
excessive oil production by the skin glands that are in the follicles of the head. So this will usually clear up on its own. No need to take any drastic measures. It will go away, even though it's a bit unsightly when you see it for the first time. Some other things that you might see are if you had an instrumented delivery. So if you had like a forceps delivery or if you had a vacuum delivery, you might notice that the baby has red marks or some bruising. And that's actually something that will go away. It usually can take a month or two, but it's just some minor tissue disruption and it'll usually go away on its own. And then another thing that I can think of is jaundice. Jaundice, many newborns will have slightly yellow tinge to their skin. And most instances, jaundice is harmless. It's the buildup of bilirubin in the blood. But of course, take your baby into the pediatrician to be evaluated. But once your pediatrician has cleared the baby, most cases of jaundice will go away in time and most mild jaundice is harmless. Well, on the flip side of that question, what not to worry too much about, how do you know when to call the doctor or when baby needs to be seen or even taken to emergency? Yeah, so there are some instances that you want to be on alert about with regards to when exactly to take the baby in. So some things are like vomiting and diarrhea. Now, vomiting and diarrhea, usually these symptoms are indicative of a viral infection. So on their own, they're really nothing to worry about. But when they're really intense, they can be a problem. And the thing that you're concerned about with vomiting and diarrhea in the baby is dehydration, right? So if your baby is having fewer wet diapers, like usually fewer than six wet diapers a day, if the urine's very dark, if you think your baby's kind of cranky or the eyes are sunken, then you want to take your baby in to be seen by their pediatrician just to make sure that there's nothing that needs to happen. They don't need to be hydrated. So that's something that you want to look for. Other things that you would want to call your doctor immediately for is if your baby has blood in their stool or in their vomit. So any blood that you see, you want to make sure that there's not something more severe that's happening there. If your baby is having problems breathing, of course, immediately take your baby in. That's not something that we want to wait for. If your baby has a seizure, you want to take your baby in to be seen. If your baby is just limp or the overall tone is lethargic and limp, you want to take your baby to be seen. Other things to think of is if your baby has a temperature and usually temperature, we're wondering what is a temperature? If your baby has a fever that's 100.4 or higher, you want to take your baby in to see the pediatrician. If you're baby has a rash. Rashes can be benign, but rashes can also be indicative of other things, especially if it's accompanied with a fever. So you'd want to take your baby in for something like that. And if your baby isn't eating or refusing to eat, you want to have your baby checked out. Those are just a couple things to think about when to bring your baby in. As a new mom, I might be myself needing some medical attention. What are some signs that moms need to call their doctor? when they're dealing with being a new parent? It is very common. Most women will probably have some form of baby blues after delivering a baby. And this is totally normal because not only are we sleep deprived following delivery, but you're also having or experience a huge life transition. You're going from maybe having no kids to having a kid or having one kid to having 
two kids. And that's a big life transition. The key thing to know, though, is that that's something that typically will go away in a couple of weeks. If your symptoms are lasting longer than six weeks, if you just can't get out of bed, if you don't feel like doing things that you might normally want to do and you don't feel like you're turning the corner, then in that instance, you definitely want to seek help and see someone because postpartum depression is usually those baby blues symptoms that are kind of exacerbated and last longer than about six weeks postpartum. So if you're not able to eat or don't feel like you want to eat or drink, you don't really like things that you used to like, or you don't want to do anything, you don't want to be involved, you overall feel kind of sad or down and out, definitely talk to your OBGYN because we have resources and things that we can do to kind of help you in that stage. And in most instances, this will pass, but don't be afraid to ask for help if you need it. And related to that, what are other reputable resources to turn to online, both for baby and for moms outside of the doctor? Yeah. So outside of a pediatrician, there are some really great reputable resources that you can turn to online. And healthychildren.org is a website from the American Academy of Pediatrics. And it has lots of great information on prenatal care and tips for caring for babies, toddlers, and children at each stage of their life. So that's a really great online resource. I personally like the support groups and talking to other mothers. But if you have a question, you'll hear some things that may or may not be accurate. Go to a site like Healthy Children or, you know, of course, speak to your pediatrician or your OBGYN if you have further questions. And one last question related to health is safety. Do you have any tips on how to keep babies safe? I know baby proofing is something, but you have to know what that is and and how to do it. And I wonder if you have other tips as well. Oh, absolutely. So baby proofing, since you said that first, baby proofing your house can consist of installing gates by staircases. So if you have a stairwell, you want to make sure you have gates there so baby doesn't fall down the steps accidentally. You want to make sure that you secure any outlets or cords that you may have around the house and stow away any hazardous cleaning materials or chemicals that you may have. You can even take items that aren't considered safe and find a designated room in your home and lock them away so baby can't get to them. If you had really nice furniture before you had children, you want to make sure that that furniture doesn't have any pointed or sharp edges. And if it does, you might want to baby proof that a bit and or move those things out of the room that a baby would be playing in. So that's some of the things you could do to kind of baby proof your house. Other ways to keep your baby safe is making sure that your car seat is properly installed. You want to definitely make sure you follow the directions that came with the car seat. And lots of the baby stores will check your car seats to make sure you've installed them properly. But an infant car seat should be rear facing and you want to make sure it's installed at a correct angle so your baby's head's not slumping down while riding in the car. The other thing that we forget sometimes is we think young infants don't move much, right? So we can leave them alone. So you don't want to do that. You don't want to ever leave your baby alone on a changing table on a bed, on a sofa or chair, because just when you do that, your baby will decide to turn and you can avoid accidents by not leaving your babies alone. If you can't hold your baby, you want to put the baby in a crib or a playpen just to make sure baby's okay. And I think one important thing I do want to put in there is you want to make sure your babies go back to sleep. So you want to place your baby on their back in the crib to decrease instances of SIDS. And you want to make sure that the crib doesn't have any pillows or stuffed animals or quilts or bumper pads. Just you want it to be a firm, tight-fitting mattress and your baby, nothing else in the crib with the baby. And always, always lay your baby back to sleep. Great 
tips, and advice. Dr. Thornton Davis, thank you so much for sharing your expertise on bonding, health, safety, self-care, and resources. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. That was Dr. Treshawn Thornton Davis, a Kaiser Permanente physician specializing in obstetrics and gynecology who sees patients and delivers babies at Holy Cross Health. For more information, visit holycrosshealth.org slash maternity. I'm Amanda Wild. Until next time, thanks for listening and be well.